And good morning and welcome to VSA Capital 5-Minute Morning Minor on Tuesday, February the 8th. Uh, Paul Rankin's on holiday for a couple of days, so we've got Ollie. Morning, Ollie. How are you? Morning, Andrew. Yep, very well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. And I, unfortunately, I don't think the British Winter Olympic team have got any mining medals yet. Uh, of course, uh, only one of them is an alloy. Two are pure metals. That's an easy question, though, for anybody doing mining. Um, obviously, it's the bronze that is the alloy. Um, anyway, moving quickly on, um, what do you want to kick off with today, Ollie? Um, we'll start with the easy ones before we get to the very complex uh, Jubilee announcement. Uh, Queen's Road Capital, Warren Gilman's fund, uh, announced that they've raised $100 million, um, with 80 coming from existing shareholders uh, yesterday, which I think is a big sign of positive sentiment towards the towards the sector yeah look uh, first of all for those that don't know queen's road capital is based in hong kong uh, run by warren gilman who is is probably one of the smartest uh, mining fund managers out there he's actually a canadian um but has been in hong kong now for a long long time uh really nice guy as well um so and uh you know that has got to be positive and i think what we will see of course as you know it's the classic cycle isn't it that you know mining commodities start going up then people think, oh, my God, I've got to follow it. Where are the equities? Oh, there's no fund managers who specialise in, man in in mining. Money flows into the mining sector. That money then has to be spent effectively. So that pushes up commodity equities. And that's why commodity mining equities tend to follow the commodity price about two years behind. Uh, and that's why we think we're about to enter a big bull market for mining equities, because the big bull market for commodities started about two years ago. Or at least that's my theory. I hope you agree with me, Ollie. Uh, yep. And I think in terms of, you know, their strategy, that shows it's still sort of relatively early in the in the cycle. They're focused on late stage development projects or producing assets. Um, they're not interested in, in early stage exploration and that that when you start to see big allocations to the exploration sector, that tends to be the, the top of the cycle. So we're not uh, not there yet. Yeah, I think that is correct, although there could be a little bit of difference now. I mean, a little bit depends. Exploration has changed, obviously, with always battery and critical metals. We need a bit of exploration there, but I don't disagree with you. Uh, the big position that Queen's Road Capital took that a lot of people know about in, in London is Adriatic Metals, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. So anyway, well done, Warren. Keep keep going, Warren. Get more money and then come and, and invest with us. Uh, moving on, let's go to the tricky one because, you know, I looked at this statement, Ollie, and just my eyes sort of glazed over at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's Jubilee Metals. Look, we, we really like Leon Kurtz. He runs a really good ship, but that was one hell of a complicated uh, RNS. So you better simplify it for us all. Well, it, it, it is a complicated RNS, but I think what's interesting is that they've clearly flagged what they've been doing over the last six months fairly well to the market as. Um, even though earnings are down in the period, um, the the stock price is up, I think, about 4% at the moment today. Um, and they told the market that they were going to do this expansion during H2 and, and catch up with, with the production in H1 that we're in now. Um, so group earnings actually declined in, in the second half of 2021 from about 40 million pounds to 19 million pounds and that's against 30 million pounds in the year on year um 
and that was primarily due to this uh, decommissioning and recommissioning of their Inyoni facility, um, which has now been completed and is now running close to full capacity. Um, so the, the big hit in the earnings came from that with PGM uh, earnings down from 36 million to 14 million pounds. Um, and that was because they had to sell intermediate product at a lower value compared to what they would normally whilst their processing facilities were um, being finished. In their chrome and copper sections though, the numbers are, are, are more solid. Um, and copper, 3.2 million pounds of, of earnings up 70%, which is in line with the increase in production. Um, chrome, not quite as strong, but again, that, that part of the facility was being rebuilt. So production was up 40%, but earnings were only up 20% to 2 million pounds. But obviously that combined sort of five is is relatively less important than the than the PGMs. Yeah, I mean, you're right, it is up four four and a half percent at 16p, and it's been 16p now for a little while, but it's been actually very steady, which I mean, actually in a sort of volatile market isn't a bad thing. I think what's interesting, it's about a 370 million market cap, so just shy of 400, I think. Um, so it really has, for a better word, grown up and moved from being a retail stock to a, an institutional stock. And actually, if you look at its register, it has, again, morphed quite well that way. You've got Slater Investments uh, up at, I believe, 11% or so as the biggest shareholder, uh, but then you've got People like Jupiter and Fidelity on on the, the shareholder list were just both just short of five percent. Uh, Premier are down there with about one percent. So it is changing rapidly. Um, look, you know, so we think Leon's very smart. He has the ability to actually turn this into a, a billion pound group uh, with a few clever deals, um, and the, the deals are there. It's just a case of him actually probably getting on and executing them. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's one that certainly we would uh, be happy to put our name behind, so to speak. Yeah, I think you're right, though. It has traded in a bit of a range for the last few months, and people will probably be looking for them to actually recover that lost production in this first half of this year um, before it moves to a new leg higher, unless commodity prices uh, change significantly within the period. Well, again, going back to our sort of macro conversation at the beginning, I, I think with mining, uh, with exploration, you can get these explosive moves up when they have a discovery. Uh, but once you've got into a slightly more mature company that's more sort of production orientated or even pre-production, you've got to take a long term view. You can't look at it on a sort of weekly or monthly basis. Uh, you need to sort of buy the stock and say, you know what, I'm going to sit on that for five years and make a lot of money. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's my theory. Anything else you want to mention this morning? Oh, well, it's been a very interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one point, I think, again, shows that the, the sort of change in the cycle is sentiment. Um, they've had a five year contract for um, contract mining at the Sikari project, and they're now that's now come up for renewal, but they've opted to go in house. Um, and operate it themselves. So that does mean a quite a modest increase in, in capex of just ten and a half million to two hundred and twenty-five million for the for the group for 2022. Um, but they're expecting to save 20 million dollars a year long term as a result of that. Um, and I think probably when they went into that deal five years ago, 
the gold price was was probably around the bottom of its um, cycle. Their cash flow outlook would have been far weaker. Um, and taking the decision to avoid a big capex hit in one go um, wouldn't have been as preferable as higher operating costs um, for five years just to smooth that cash flow projection. Whereas now there's a lot more confidence in the sector and they feel comfortable to take that one-off hit and um, and then reap the rewards thereafter. Well, that's their decision. Hopefully uh, they've made the right one. Um, okay, let's call a day there and uh, we will speak again tomorrow, Ollie. Speak to you then. Cheers.